presidential election proves a nail-biter for those caught in crossfire of U.S.-China rivalry. By Owen Churchill and Echo Xie. If Donald Trump and Joe Biden are to be believed, the upcoming presidential election is the most consequential in American history. But the race is also being closely watched around the world, and few are falling more closely than those whose lives and livelihoods are wrapped up in the U.S.-China relationship. A seemingly endless cascade of actions in recent weeks, ranging from sanctions against Chinese officials over human rights abuses and their handling of Hong Kong, to standoffs over Chinese tech companies, has seen relations fray to their most precarious in decades. To many caught in the middle, the prospect of a new administration in January provides the possibility of a pause, but hopes for a complete reversal are low. Trump does have this scorched-earth policy in terms of the U.S.-China relationship, said Du Chen, a Chinese tech reporter currently stuck in Beijing who is trying to return to Silicon Valley, where he lived and worked before the coronavirus pandemic. It's like he's trying to burn all the bridges down, and I'm not sure if all of those bridges are going to be repairable, said the 31-year-old who writes for Ping West, a private Chinese website covering tech news. Du had a front-row seat for the burning of one particular bridge in July, when China ordered the U.S. to close its Chengdu consulate in retaliation for Washington's move against Beijing's consulate in Houston over espionage allegations. The closure of the Chengdu mission dashed his hopes for a visa application interview. Since then, Du has been unable to book another appointment elsewhere because many other diplomatic outposts have scaled down their services as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. I probably won't be able to get back to the U.S. until maybe the first or second quarter of 2021, he said. I just don't know. There's just too much uncertainty for me. For Du, it was a sign of things to come under a prospective second Trump administration. He would prefer presidency with more consistency, and of course, that means Biden and Kamala Harris. The situation was already bad enough, and if Trump does get a second term, I do think he will continue to go down this path, because it's one of the few ways that he can still get support from his base. While foreign policy tends not to feature prominently in U.S. presidential races, the run-up to this election has seen the incumbent's campaign increasingly target China, which he has accused of unleashing the coronavirus on the world. Even if Du can return to the U.S., he would be subject to new uncertainties in the wake of one of the Trump administration's measures. Visa restrictions on Chinese journalists limiting their stay in the U.S. to 90 days, with the possibility of renewal. One video journalist is experiencing the limitations firsthand. A 24-year-old who works for a major news outlet in Washington and asked to be identified only by her surname Zhang said the limits, introduced in May and which apply to all Chinese nationals, regardless of whether they work for Chinese state-affiliated media, Zhang does not, had left her feeling her presence in the U.S. was not appreciated. She said the need to apply for renewal every three months felt akin to implicitly begging the country to keep me here. The Trump administration has justified the policy as a response to the expulsion of American journalists earlier this year. To critics, though, the new regulations typify a willingness by Washington to engage in an unwinnable race to the bottom with Beijing. For her part, Zhang is hopeful that many of Trump's policies will be reversed by future administrations. But both she and Du were skeptical that a prospective Biden administration would make the welfare of Chinese journalists in the U.S. an immediate priority. I wouldn't expect a Biden administration to spend their time and energy working on salvaging the situation for a community that is very, very little. An almost invisible community of Chinese journalists in the U.S., Du said.
Indeed, Biden has recently toughened his stance on Beijing, speaking out in explicit terms about what he called China's genocide of ethnic minority groups in the country's northwest. I think the U.S.-China relationship will get better and more predictable once Joe Biden gets elected, but at the same time, I think the general confrontation won't change much, said Fang Tianyu, a Stanford freshman who was taking virtual classes after returning to China during the pandemic. I don't think the good old days of U.S.-China engagement will necessarily come back, said the 19-year-old, who has studied in the U.S. since high school. But I think as long as policies are more predictable, there will be less collateral damage in this whole environment. Students such as Fang have also been targeted by the Trump administration. The president, who has privately complained that almost every student from China is a spy, according to Politico, has ordered the State Department to begin revoking the visas of any Chinese graduate student deemed to have ties to China's military schools. As of September 8th, it had revoked the visas of more than 1,000 such individuals, describing them as high-risk and furthering the Chinese Communist Party's goals of military dominance. Some institutions have also taken matters into their own hands, with the University of North Texas recently moving to sever ties with researchers funded by the government-backed Chinese Scholarship Council. Hawks on Capitol Hill, meanwhile, have called for even harsher limits on the 360,000 or so Chinese students in America, including calls to bar them from science and technology-related majors. Should Trump secure a second term, students should brace for more of the same, said Huang Li Qin, an undergraduate student at a California university. We'd better prepare for potential discrimination, said the 21-year-old. Some of the conservatives will see us as enemies or spies from another nation. While not a great fan of Biden's, Huang is worried that Trump will continue to target China. Huang traveled to the U.S. to study law because, he said, China's legal system needs reform. He had planned to train as an intellectual property lawyer, but was disillusioned by the Trump administration's efforts to force a sale of Chinese-owned video app TikTok, which he believes is more about politics than the law. Many election watchers are also worried about the rise in anti-Chinese xenophobia. I think lots of Americans see us as threats, said Huang, who experienced racist harassment in the U.S. before the reported rise in incidents sparked by the coronavirus. Trump, who is again running on an anti-immigration platform, has abandoned his original term for COVID-19 as the Chinese virus, but has since adopted other terms such as China virus, China plague, and even Kung flu to take its place. Rights groups say such language continues to embolden xenophobic attacks against Asians. Stop AAPI Hate, which tracks discrimination against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, has logged more than 2,500 incident reports since launching in March. Donald Trump plays on racism, Fang said, explaining it was one of the reasons he was rooting for Biden. As for Zhang, the video journalist, a second Trump turn will not necessarily accelerate her plans to return to China. I think it would be a great time to be in the U.S., because I don't think journalists want to be living in utopia. This is the time we need journalists the most.